Hello, Get A Life Podcast Kunai listeners. My name is Joe, as you guys already know, and I'm here once again with my friend Ish. Hey, what's up, guys? Joe, that rhymed. That was awesome. I like that. Oh, it did rhyme. Yeah. That was actually that was totally intentional. Um, and as well as my best buddy, Kevin. Hey, what's up, guys? Wait, 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 wait. Kevin's your best buddy. Let's see how it's Joe. Yeah, d- no, guys, no, no. We, we established... Well, hang on. We, we have to settle this before we continue i'm sorry joe but uh if you're new to the podcast right way back in the early days of the podcast we decided that nagisa was best boy and free yes and that i was did. nagisa irl therefore by extension i am best boy yeah on but that's podcast. not best but not so best right. no no he said best bud not best boy he said this, best bud the same thing no it's not I'm, no I'm it's not yeah, no, no no best you're, you're my best bud jacob's my best boy oh Oh, okay. you're bringing in Jacob. I, I, I He's see. not even a part of this podcast. The I betrayal. see how it is. Okay. All yeah, right. Okay. He's not a part of this podcast, but he's a part of my heart. Okay. All, all right, Judas. But but, <laughs> but anyway, the, we are recording. Today, we are discussing the long-awaited Kaiji Ultimate Survivor episode. But before that... For you folks, Get a Life Podcast Kunai is a monthly anime discussion podcast under the Get a Life group. But due to the nature of this discussion, we can't afford spoilers on the show to be discussed. So for those shows that are based off of an existing piece of work, whether it's a manga, light novel, or some other media form, we aren't covering the source material, just the show. It can be found on Stitcher, iTunes Store, and Google Play. And if you'd like to recommend a show for us to watch on an episode of Kunai, send us your suggestion on Twitter at galpkunai, G-A-L-P, K-U-N-A-I, or by leaving us a review for your chance to win a three-month subscription to Crunchyroll Premium. If you want to watch this anime and keep up to date with what we watch for Kunai, you can also support us by signing up for a 14-day free trial of Crunchyroll Premium for everything anime at crunchyroll.com forward slash kunai. Alternatively, you can also support us by checking out lootcrate.com slash kunai. And if you want to get 10% off, just use the discount code kunai at checkout. Joe? And for those of you who are unaware of Kaiji, Kaiji Ultimate Survivor, also known as Gyakyo, but I Kaiji Ultimate Survivor, is a psychological thriller based off the popular manga written by Nobuyuki Fukumoto and adapted by Studio Madhouse. The anime is directed by Yuzo Sato as well as episode directors Hiroyuki Tanaka and Ryosuke Takamura and ran from October 3rd, 2007 to... April 2nd, 2008, to create a total of 26 episodes. Our story centers, centers around loiterer Ito Kaiji, who agrees to join an underground gamble on the cruise ship Espoir after suddenly being held responsible for his friend's huge debt. However, this is simply the trigger that begins his ride into the life-threatening world of illegal gambling, where he must conquer mind games, deceit, and even himself in order to survive. Before we get to all the... Like the, the itty bitty of uh the itty itty bitty itty gritty, I whatever however you say what the, the nitty gritty. Why not both? Okay. Yeah, why why not both? The the nitty itty bitty gritty of to this this discussion. Let's talk about impressions first. What I'd want to know, Bish Kevin, I want to know what made you guys unleash your inner kaiji. Ah, uh, this is an interesting one because when you suggested it to me, I was very skeptical because the way you initially described it, you were like. I asked you, was it a horror anime? And you're like, oh, there is some like gory parts and there are some certain themes. And I was put off by what... Like gory? Yeah, like there are some gory parts. So let's, let's not deny that. There are some themes that are mentioned, um, especially towards the end. The, the way it was described kind of put me off initially. And when doing research into it, 
it kind of put me off. I'll, I'll be real with you. So then when watching it, I didn't come in with um, the highest of expectations. I thought that, you know, this was going to be another, you know, something similar to another or, you know, you know, one of those uh, kind of horror animes. That's what I, I assumed. Um, and then going into it, I was pleasantly surprised. I did not like the, the art style to begin with you know it's very jagged and etc but you know i just kind of got hooked that's that's all i have to say in regards to my first impressions i was pleasantly surprised perfectly calculated interesting well i mean it's funny that you you mentioned that you know you didn't know what to expect well me neither because in this case it's not like you know these other shows Rakunai, where i've at least heard of it beforehand either interrupted through friends in real life or you know i've just happened to seen uh, to see some art in my timeline, for example. In this case, I really came in 100% blind. I literally did not know that this was a thing until Joe put it into the schedule. Mm. And, you know, a gambling anime, I can't say I've seen anything like it before, right? I've seen stuff similar to it um, in terms of media. Like, it, the plot immediately reminded me right away of Casino Royale for okay. some reason. You know, with the, the gambling and the ship oh, and all Casino that. Royale. <laughs> Yeah, the, the James Bond movie. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Um, oh, yeah, I know what yeah. you're talking about. Yeah, so maybe think of that. And the only, the, the closest comparison that I can draw to to Kaiji in terms of what I've watched in the past would be Yu-Gi-Oh! But that's, as we as we all know, I'm whoa, sure, whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, <laughs> very far away from what it is. The only reason I thought of that is because of the cards in the first first arc, right? And the uh, oh, reversals are happening all the time, you know, when it's like you activated my trap card. Oh man. Yeah, exactly. Right, but other than that, um, I was intrigued to say the least. It was a brand new concept for me, um, and I didn't know what to expect at first. But I think overall, uh, it did a pretty good job. Well, it seems well, it seems like both of you like were kind of hooked as soon as you got into it. Yeah. So, like, what would you say? Well, I mean, you guys were hooked, of course, but like, interested to know what your first impressions was when you when you watched it initially. It was actually back in high school. A friend, a good friend of mine, he launched this show like on a whim, and he fell in love with it. And like, he fell in love with the style. He fell in love with just the plot itself. And like, I'm like, you know what? I'll give it a try. Like on my free time, once I got like all my stuff out of the way, I, I start I started Crunchyroll. I I gave it a watch. I was pretty much on the edge of my seat, like initially, like when like when they introduced rock, restricted rock paper scissors. When it's like when you started seeing the game like get more and more intense, it kept me on the edge of my seat the whole time. Like it was it was similar to how I felt about Part Three of JoJo. And for those of you who have heard me talk about it before. I have I could not stop watching JoJo. Like I was just watching it back to back because of how hooked I was into it. And like Kaiji was just no exception. Like I just wanted to keep watching it. I wanted to see what's happening next. It was very good with cliffhangers. I'll have to say. Like it always kept me wanting more. And like I'm not sure if you guys feel the same way, but like it, it was definitely something that kind of kept me going until the end. Well, I mean, I, I gotta sell clarify right now. Uh, I wasn't necessarily hooked at the very beginning. I was more like intrigued because I hadn't really seen anything like this before, right? So I just wanted to see where th this would go, you know. Um, right. But in terms, I do agree that it does have lots of cliffhangers as to whether or not those are well used or not and stuff. I think I'll talk to that about that um, a little bit more when you talk about the story and the way it's structured. Since you guys like had such interest in the show, like since you guys went through it, would you say there were any moments that stuck out to you? Maybe favorite episodes? As an anime as a whole, it was very intriguing, and I would have to say that there wasn't 
there wasn't an episode where I didn't dislike any episode. I'll, I'll be right off the bat and I'll say that. Um, but I would say my favorite episodes were the... It tends to be the two-parters, right? You know those... Well, the whole anime is, is this kind of one going on, like, ongoing story with cliffhangers and such. But it tends to be the second half of of the cliffhanger stories right so the resolution of the stories tend to be my favorite ones um also you mean the like when they got to e-card for example when they got to the e-card or towards the end of the steel frame crossing episode you know where where the wind was blowing and everyone was kind of hallucinating and they got up the glass stairs that was a really intense episode for me because you got to see all of these characters some characters from the first gamble involved in this one as well the, the guy that he saved from the first gamble was in this one. Ishida. And, he, and yeah. he dies. And it's like, shit, man. It's crazy. He's He wasted. Effectively, Kaiji wasted those those stars. He yeah. Could, he could have kept those stars for himself and cleared his debts effectively from the first one. But, you know, he felt sorry for this guy. And in the end, the guy died. I want to take a spotlight, but it actually reminded me of just... I hated how he... The, like, the stars. I hated, like, how he put, gave Ishida, like, his right to, to freedom. When, like, after that, he just ended up being a huge dick to Kaiji. I mean, uh, what do you mean by dick, though? I mean, I get where you're coming from, in a sense, but it's more like he's just a, a helpless idiot, in my from my point of view. It's just, he's an idiot, he came back into it again, but... I don't want to say he was a dick. It was more like he, he was ungrateful for what happened. Like, he kind of just... Like, he ended up... Um, if I recall correctly, he was Kaiji's boss when he was working at a convenience store no that, that's another guy i i remember being confused about that too because they do look very similar but they they're not related oh the only other person who's related to that store is um who dies at the end the, the blonde guy the other side yeah right and who dies because is rigged by the chairman the entire time but yeah those two characters are not the same yeah um, i that's a confusion there as well like yeah they, they do look really similar but no, the way I saw it was just that Ishida was, oh, he's like this 70%er in the sense that he doesn't really do anything on his own, right? He's just kind of following these other people. In the first game on, on Espoir, like, he's just trying to going along with this other dude's gamble, right? And he's betting everything on that. And the second time, he's also, he's not doing anything on his own. He's just following Kaiji around, right? And hoping Kaiji is going to save him from this nightmare. It's not that he's a dick or he's a bad person. He's just not a very strong character. The way I saw it. Um, as to what I was saying, especially with Ishida, it's like it's it's very interesting because he wasted those those stars on a guy that's effectively gonna die, and he didn't use anything with those stars. In the end, the guy instead of keeping his freedom, he went back into the the gamble and ultimately lost. And in the end, Kaiji kind of lost, you know, in a, in a way, in some odd way, he he didn't really get any payout from that you know with the, with the ticket he didn't win any money he didn't get his debts cleared so it, it's that episode meant a lot because it was like shit man this guy died he had a wife and kids not only did this guy die the the guy he was working with who was really like in he has so much gusto and etc and it was pretty much everyone died it was it was it, it felt like this really odd situation it felt like kind of like dung and romper in a way but it was like this sadistic version where everyone dies and that got me but it, it that's why it was such a great episode it was one of my favorite episodes because of the the shock fact and that got me hooked because i wanted to know how the hell is kaiji gonna recover from this how can any human being in his situation can and have the mental capacity to recover from that in in a sane way i was intrigued well puppish what about you kevin yeah i gotta agree with him here in the sense that you, you didn't say it explicitly all right but uh for me i have to say i prefer the second arc that is um with the human tumble and the e-card and the paper tissue 
um, game. I prefer those gambits a lot better than the first arc when they were all on the ship, honestly. I felt that that dragged on a bit too long. I agree. But yeah, the, the, the second arc is really a lot more intense, too. It's just better in every way, in my opinion, because... Like just episode twelve particularly stuck with me because it was a it was a deliciously dark episode. Okay, and normally you know this type of anime they disturb me so I kind of like steer clear of them. But it was really well done, right? Lots of t tense moments, right? And you can really feel the tension between the characters, right? Where they're they're really having to face this dilemma. It's like, do I push this other person off the fucking beam? So I can win the game, or do I risk getting pushed off myself, right? So yeah, very morbid, you know, like Zero Escape or Danganronpa feel to it, and I really enjoyed that, right? Well, I mean, it's very realistic. It's kind of like it, what I really like about like the scenes you mentioned. They're very realistic. It's like like because in the end, like you don't really want to kill anyone, but at the same time, you're forced into a situation where like you have to do what needs to be done. Uh, but you know, it's not just killing for your own survival. It's killing for money, or or potentially disabling someone for life for money. It's not for it's not for survival. So it, it, it's interesting in that sense because it shows how society is kind of run by the overwhelming um, need for for money and materialistic. It's objects. It's a gamble in itself. What got me even more was the fact that it was not televised but it was shown in front of of people as like this game like the rich people were kind of betting on who would who would win who would fall etc and it, it just puts it into perspective it, it's a very kind of philosophical in a way it just shows how you know there are certain hierarchies and stuff and how certain levels of human life are valued more than others in this world that we live in for me personally yeah the philosophy aspect of it is something i really enjoyed but i gotta disagree like it depends on what part of it you're talking about here because I found that the personal struggle in this, in the sense that, you know, they had to make moral decisions while playing the game, was the most interesting part, right? The the whole the whole debacle about, you know, oh yeah, society is ruled by the rich one percent and if you have money you have power, blah blah blah. That's all you know, it's just to me, yeah, that's true, but it's it's been said so many times before that it sounds so cliche to me. Whereas the the moral aspect of it, right, where they're being forced to make these but they're not the, realistically they're not being forced it, it's because it's not like life of death like they're not saying you're gonna die if you don't if you don't think it's it's a gamble at the end of the day so they're, they're actively making that choice to push each other for 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 money it's not a decision they were forced to make in by any means I, I i because it's not it's not a life or death situation i can't see myself personally being asked to do that for money there are some people that would do that but i mean I don't think, because it's not a life or death situation, I don't think they're actively being forced. They are making that decision based on how, what I would do if I won this money. My debts would be clear. They, they are absolutely are, because they're putting in a situation where either A, you don't push and you are pushed yourself, right? Or B, you're not going to be the first one there and you're going to sink even deeper into debt, right? So they're not forcing them to, you know, push anyone or to not push but they have to make a decision regardless. They're put into a spot where they have to decide. You can't just be idle, right? You can't just choose to not play the game once you've put your bets in, is my point. Conan does have a point. It's like they decided that they wanted to do this, so like there's really no turning back in that regard. But it's kind of that that weird catch-22, right? It's like, you, for example, within Danganronpa, like every Danganronpa game has this, where it's like, guys, we're not going to participate within the killing the killing games like they all and then someone ends up killing and then someone ends up killing is that kind of thing it reminded yeah, me of exactly 
So like they're psychologically pressured is what you're saying. Yeah, like I, that's something that's very prominent throughout Kaiji. It's just like putting pressure on everyone to make these different decisions and affect their actions, essentially. Joe, I wanted to know what was your favorite episode of Kaiji. My favorite episodes are actually from E-Card. When, like, because it was just, like, it was, there wasn't anything, like, extreme about it. It was Kaiji versus Tonegawa, and they were playing E-Card so Kaiji could win money and Kaiji could bet like something as valuable and i just really liked the the mind games during that like during those few episodes just kaiji like them because it was only three cards they had to use there are three types of cards you had that you could use so that you could like so you could beat your opponent and yet it becomes something much deeper when you when you think about the the greater scheme of things like you because it's stops becoming a card game and it becomes more of a psychological game so you can see how your opponent's reacting and like what they what you think they'll do based on what you witness and like it's also like what also caught me off guard was that it turned out that Tonegawa was cheating and like Kaiji didn't really know what to do until he decided like you know what I'm gonna cut my entire ear where the mechanism is and basically destroy any chance he has at cheating and that just kind of blew my mind i'm like he went as far as to cut off a crucial part of his body just so he could just so he could beat this game it's like on the other hand it's very foolish on one hand it's very foolish but on the other hand it's very respectable because it just shows how much he wanted to win and i like those without a doubt stood out more than anything before that I gotta agree that in that personal aspect of the e-card arc, there's a lot. It stands out a lot more to you than the previous two arcs, simply because, um, honestly, it's just Kaiji versus Tonegawa. It's a one-on-one. -on -one. It's very personal, right? In this case, he's like fucking pissed, right? Because he just won the human tumble game, right? And literally everyone else is, well, everyone else has either died or has been severely injured, right? So he's the only one. He hasn't gone the, the money that he's promised, right? So it's a very personal conflict with Tonegawa right yeah whereas i feel that in the prior arcs right uh, especially espor again I, I keep on fucking trash talking espor but <laughs> it was like i feel like Kei, uh, kaiji was he was being weighed down by some weaker characters right uh like ando and um uh, his, his co-worker right and ecard and especially the the face-off with the director at the end those two were particularly tense yeah, yeah. with um with yodo yeah Although, yeah, Ecard definitely is t takes the the prize for me simply because, yeah, they both involve mind games, but the difference is Ecard. No, it was more than just drawing out of a box. It was a more elaborate scheme, right? And there were more twists and turns, in my opinion, to the Ecard arc than to the uh, tissue box. Like you don't really think that like a game where you only use three cards would be very very tense, but like then it gets much deeper and it becomes like a lot better as a result. I'll be honest with you, because the game is quite simple, there is more opportunity for those mind games because it is such a condensed thing. But the very interesting thing that I actually really loved about the e-card kind of um, block of episodes was the fact that. You know, with each episode, you, you kind of got more excited for Kaiji. You're like, shit, man, Kaiji lost that one. Now he won this one. And the, the anime does a great job of, of getting you pumped for every time Kaiji wins or, or, you know, feeling very, like, shitty every time Kaiji loses. Like, for example, when uh, when he won the um, the 20 million yen, it was, it was, um, it was a very... <sighs> 
good like exciting thing for me like i genuinely got happy and i was like fuck yeah you know yeah kaiji you do you do you know what i mean it was just very thrilling and i think it, it's kind of like the same thrill or maybe probably something similar to the thrill of gambling right at least that's how i felt it's like you're getting the thrill of ga it's diet gambling right you're getting the thrill of gambling but not not by not gambling <laughs> is that what they call it diet gambling on the topic of the gambling like the mind games in my opinion are like the the highlights of this series right you you want to watch it mainly because of the mind games and the back and forth right uh on the flip side however i there's another element in gambling that you simply cannot remove, and that is luck, right? And I think luck, unfortunately, sometimes Kaiji just flat out wins because he's lucky, right? And that just, it, it's, you're relieved that he wins, but at the same time, you're disappointed that it was so simple, right? Because I, I noted this particular moment in way back in episode three, where, I don't know if you got, remember when um, they team up with Andu and uh, Furuhata, right? And it's their, their first match against another opponent, and it's the balance guy. You guys yeah. know what I'm talking about? Yeah. The, the guy whose strategy is to balance out his, his three types of cards, right? And I just found it, like, the, the, the pseudo-strategy that tr they tried to use and the reasoning they tried to use to explain how Kaiji managed to win was, it honestly felt like BS, and it just felt like, like chance. Wasn't explaining, like, like gambling wasn't really, like... A big part about gambling is like reducing the amount of chances there are for luck. I think they, think they mentioned that. I understand that, but it's like, it's literally just because this is Kaiji's um, chain of logic. So he looks at the guy and he's like, okay, the guy is calm. He has a calm demeanor. That means that, that obviously means that he's a balance kind of guy, right? And from that, he's like, okay, so uh, I know that he played rock and scissors beforehand. How he, how Kaiji knows that that dude played rock and scissors uh, in his last two matches, nobody knows. It was never explained, right? And using that logic, Kaiji's like, aha, so that means that if he's played rock and scissors beforehand, he only has paper left, and I only have uh, only have scissors left, so therefore I'll win, right? So it's like, it's based on this like really fragile string theory, right? And even the narrator acknowledges it, because he's like, Kaiji's leaving his destiny in the hands of this fragile reasoning, right, to, to create tension. But the, the problem is that, for me at least, when I was watching that, is that A, the reasoning was basically boiled down to luck, and two, yes, it's tense, but you know that he's going to win. There's literally no way he's going to lose because this is just episode three. So that early on in the anime, is there was not enough tension for me because I was like, realistically, nothing is going to happen to him. He's not going to die right or else there wouldn't be another 20 something episodes unfortunately well think about it in the sense that you know if you're watching this you don't know how many episodes there is initially because obviously when, when we're watching for kunai it's such a stat you never really know if kaiji will be the protagonist throughout the entire entire show some, there are some um games and some anime where you, you think the protagonist is one certain character and it turns out to be a completely different one joe you know what i'm talking about i so, know what you're talking about <laughs> So it's it's you that that one game has taught me not to be not not to be um kind of assuming that you know the protagonist will won't die or not so I've been in a similar situation right where you think the protagonist is one person and it's actually another but the thing is let's be real let's be real here guys 99% of anime or shows are not like that right so it's just and even if okay say that he was the protagonist Right. This is episode three. What kind of show would it be if it killed off? If it built up this 
character and his followers for three episodes and then kill them off. Yeah, and you know, you you would be very surprised tigers, right? because the game that we're referencing, the game we're referencing, done it within the first, you know, couple of minutes. So yeah, yeah. But as as I was mentioning, let's let's not talk about that. As I was mentioning in regards to, you know, the you know the the, the card games and etc. What I what I really loved about eCard was the fact that. You know, you kind of rooted for Kaiji. He was winning, he was losing. You're like, shit, man, what's going to happen? Um, the thing that surprised me the most was that he decided that he's going to gamble afterwards. So after he won his two, was it 20 million yen, which is like 200,000 US dollars or something like that? Yeah, 20 million. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is, so, you know, I don't know how much his original, his original debt was 37, uh, sorry, 3 million. So let's say 4 million yen, which is, which is about like uh, $40,000. So... So 40 grand US dollars and he ends up getting 200,000. Why would you it, for me I was thinking why the fuck man he has he, can, he doesn't need to worry about his why debts anymore. Why would he try to challenge the uh, the director? Yeah, why would he challenge I, I was the asking myself the same question and I was quite frankly at that moment I literally paused the screen and I'm like you're a fucking idiot. Okay? You're a fucking idiot. Just walk away with this money, you dumbass. Like he, you're and he pays for it too, so I, yeah. I was like, "I fucking told you so, right?" Because it, you, exactly so, and and the thing is, he he yes, he's he's gonna end up what tripling his money. He gets like he if he won, he would have got almost a million dollars, right? Which is a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. yeah. two hundred thousand is also a lot of money considering that your debts was about forty grand. So um, to me. It seemed like it, it seems like Keiji was uh, well, Kaiji was um, throwing away, like effectively doing it on purpose, probably for the thrill, because I don't see he would need that million dollars, right? He does explain why he went through with it in the end, because remember, he's not going into it blind. Initially, when he proposed that gambit to the director, it's because he had rigged the game and was planning on winning, like on the second turn, on his first draw, because he rigged it, right? So he's like, oh yeah. I'll, I'll just make a lot of money really easily and just, you know, say fuck you to this director and kind of avenge all the people who had suffered and died during the course of the game, right? That's his point of view. Yeah. Although I agree with you that it was stupid because, like, that was... His his plan only worked assuming the director is a complete idiot, which he knows the director isn't, right? And would have fallen for his tricks. And so it's just a huge lack of foresight, in my opinion, that... I was like, you, know you kind of fucking deserve that in the end, Kaiji, because you had a chance to walk away making a profit and, you know, just for putting all of this behind you. But in the end, he went for more money. Well, you also have to consider he he did all this because he wanted to help those that sacrificed themselves, too. I know. But the thing is, let's be real here. And like his gamble was fool- like his gamble was like foolish, but his intentions were pure. But what, what did he get from it? Like, he lost an ear. Yeah, I'll, I'll say it right now. That's, intentions don't mean fucking shit, okay? Like, this entire... Whoa, if you whoa, think, whoa. No, no, but whoa. I, I'm serious. Here. Wait a second. Like, no, 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 no. You can't say his intentions were shit when he was... Let me, let me finish. Let me finish. I'm saying intentions don't mean shit, right? And if you think so, you haven't been paying attention to the other 20-something episodes of the show because that's not the message they're sending here, all right? Like... We, we already brought up Ishida earlier, right? Where he, he decides to be the uh, virtuous angel 
and saves Ishida from, you know, from hell itself and years of manual labor, right? And what does he get for it? Ishida goes right back and he squanders everything and dies. And, and then again... Yeah, but that's not a problem with intention. That's just being too trustworthy. Yeah, but that's being trustworthy to the point of kind of being an idiot, you know? Like, if you've gone that this far in a game where people literally die, right? And, and you've gotten fucked over in the past for being too nice and thinking that, you know, the world is this magical place where good intentions or, you know, the good guys win all the time, then, you know, you kind of, and if you haven't learned that after having survived three different death games, then maybe you kind of deserve what's getting to you. Yeah, well, well, I mean, like, at that point, it was really a matter of, like, trying to, like, like, trying to, tr like, being trustworthy towards, like, everyone who survived the, the balancing game. It was more, it was just more like he, it was out of his own kindness. He wanted to help everyone. Like, I, I get that. I perfectly get that. You know, you should be a good person, but it's just within this context. When but I do understand what you're trying to say. Like, um, it's actually good you mentioned this because like something I like, it's like I, I don't think of Kaiji as a protagonist. However, that isn't exactly a bad thing, in my opinion. It means he's a little more realistic than than other protagonists I've seen in some anime. What what do you mean by that? I mean like somebody who who does everything good, like who stays true to his ideals until the very end and he he gets everything good out of it. Is that not what he he tries to do though? Because well, in the end he doesn't get everything good out of it, but he still tries to the very end to be a virtuous person and he gets fucked over for it, right? At, at least at the end of the first season, right? Um so I don't know if I'd agree with that because yeah, maybe it's not a happy ending for him, but he still tried again and again and again to be the quote unquote good guy. And he ultimately, he gets fucked over consistently every time for doing so. Well, no, like he's, he's very, I don't mean like in that sense, that's like, I hope you're not taking it like that. I mean it more like he isn't a protagonist in the sense that he's a little more human. Like he feels he feels more emotions than just like selflessness and kindness. He also feels anger. He also feels regret. Like he also like he he feels like more emotions than I've seen in like many protagonists in like a lot of shows that I've watched. Like he reacts to everything in a very human like manner. And like there are times where he just wants to give up. He doesn't want to do any of this. And like he he keeps going. Yeah, he he is human after all. He has his flaws, admittedly. Yeah, he has a lot of flaws, and that's why I don't see him as a quote-unquote protagonist. I like that, but in the end, that's not a bad thing. So you don't think of him as a as a white knight uh, stereotype, where he's completely virtuous and he's fearless all the time, and all that. Is that is that right? Okay. In that yeah. case, yeah, I I'd agree. I don't think of him like that, to be honest. I I think of him kind of like I don't want to say Kodaka from Haganai, but in a way he is, and I will explain. Uh, because to me, he kind of stands off as like, yes, I'm I'm a, a Keiji, and I know, uh, or Kaiji, and I know um and I know everything. I know how to deal with the situation. In fact, you know, I can beat the the main guy in the tissue box situation. You know, I th I think I can beat him. He's not better than me, etc. But in the end, he doesn't know what he's doing. As you mentioned, he, he relies on pure luck, kind of like Kodaka, you know, in a sense from Haganah. Like, you see him as this guy who knows everything, he knows relationships and stuff, and then he clearly doesn't, and he's a fucking idiot. That's what, what Kaiji is to me. He's just a normal guy. He's a normal idiot. Yeah, no, but that's the point, I think, that Joe is trying to make, Bish. Like, he, he's not some extraordinary hero. He's just some dude. He's, but he's the funny thing is, they, they call him Ultimate Survivor. That that's what the the anime 
says. At least in the time. Well, yeah, because he's a normal dude who happens to be put through these extraordinary circumstances and he survives. So, I mean... Yeah, I mean, just because he's considered the ultimate survivor doesn't mean he's, like, a white knight, as as Kevin said. Alright. Like, ultimate survivor simply means that, like, through the experiences he had, he was able to triumph over these different life-threatening games. Because, like, in the end, he's lucky to have, like, escaped with just an ear and his fingers. Like, he could have died during the second game, but he kept, like, he was able to surpass that. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, at what cost, right? You know, he's even further in debt, again, for, like, what, third time? And he's lost an ear, and he's lost a finger. Or four, no, four fingers. He lost all of his, he lost fingers on his, on one of his hands. Can't remember which hand. That's where it gets really interesting. Like, he's, I understand what he did when he chopped off his own ear and stuff. That was, like, shit, yeah. I mean, that was kind of heroic in a sense. But the fact that he bet, well, he agreed to kind of bet the, the hands, the fingers, sorry. Yeah, because he wanted to go the extra mile. Like, that's kind of, that was another flaw he had. Like, although he, he wanted to get more money so that he can help, so he can save everyone who suffered during the last game. Like, he ended up biting off more than he could chew, and he underestimated Hyodo. Yeah, I. I, I think that, that we can all agree there. He, he stuck his head out two more inches and, and he, he ended up losing his head, you know, for that, for all his troubles. I'm, I'm pretty interested in, in talking about the um, character design. Because this is a point that I really want to bring up uh, in regards to the character design of the show. What did you guys think? Because I know, f personally for me, when I was watching it, I was turned off by character design. We, you know, with the whole pointy chins and really thick lines that they were drawing with. Did this persist through the, uh, the entire show or did you warm up to it eventually? I, I'll be honest with you, on the first couple of episodes, that's all I could see. But then obviously the the scenery and the way that the show was presented, you, you forget about the art style very quickly. That's for me right and not just that there was a bunch of other different things that were coming in in terms of the characters it, it was kind of odd it was like you know kaiji's got this big nose and he's got this kind of it seemed like a kid drawing no offense it seems like a kid drawing like a like a character in kindergarten well, i mean it was probably designed like that intentionally maybe i don't know but it... or maybe it's just the artist art style it's definitely close to the the manga like yeah but at the same time, even I've never seen an anime that has like really thick lines like that. Like it, it looks kind of like a manga in, in that sense. Or but but in terms of the character designs, the characters are very varied. Uh, but there are some characters obviously that that look pretty much similar. Yeah, the, the side characters notably like Furuhata, uh, Ishida. If you notice, I don't know if you guys noticed, but what stuck out to me is that like the the Kaiji has a very distinct, extremely pointy for a reason face. But all the side characters, right? If you look at Ishida and you compare him to, say, Furuhata, the nose structure is very similar. The the head is like this uh, rectangle with the corners rounded off, right? So everyone else is really samey. There's only one normal face, and that's when they show like the only girl in the anime at the convenience store. You know why they did that with with uh, Kaiji? And I and I'll give you a reason. Yeah, to make him stand out. To me, not only yeah. to make him stand out, but there's there's like this kind of trope within anime and manga, like the protag the protagonist or the senpai will have a pointy chin. Like that's how they do it, right? <gasps> oh, you mean like how the protagonist will have like that weird hairstyle and like the red dye? Like, oh my god. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, just to make them point out and to make them stand out. I mean, I can't out. really say. I can't. I know what you're trying to say, but I can't agree with that 100 percent because like. She was the only one who had, like, a normal style. Everyone else, like, even if there were side characters, had, like, a special style to them. Mm. Well, to be honest, like, f like to me, Kaiji and uh, Tonegawa, um, the, the main guy, 
the the guy in the in the e-card thing his oh his character design was i felt like i wanted to throw up when i was looking at him because he had like these he had these weird boils on his nose and he had like this kind of bulbous super mario tomato nose wait so out of all the characters that you could be disgusted at you're disgusted at tonagawa like honestly i would understand if you said oh my god the director is disgusting because that's what i would say okay the director is fucking filthy i i just cannot stand the the style all right because i, I get they're trying to make a villain and make him look ugly and shit but he's just like on a whole different level where it's like i can't look at the fucking screen at the same time as he's on but tonegawa i found was nice which one are we talking because i'm i'm we're talking about hyodo hyodo the the the, the old man the yeah, old that's man the guy yeah, i was no, talking about Oh shit, no, Tonegawa is different no, guy. My apologies. Yeah, Tonegawa was the e-card guy, he's not the director. No, sorry, my apologies. Um, I'm oh, talking okay. I'm talking about director. I got the names mixed up. The director All makes right. me feel really that sick. Makes sense. His skin is like grey and it's like, ah, oh, wh why why does he look like that? What what made him what what circumstances does he have? Like I think that's up to interpretation in the anime. He's like, I, I, where I did he come from? It's really just part of the design to send you the, you know, like... It's to send you the message that he's from hell itself. The guy <laughs> gives me the creeps, man, like... I mean, th that, that is the point, right? Just in, in shows in general, they make the villains stand out with dark colors, and they make them look unpleasant, naturally, just to, you know, symbolize, hey, look, this is this is not your hero, okay? Quite the opposite. They're the villain, right? And they, they look the part. Um, but again, I just find that oh, he's just... He's too disgusting, you know? It's where it's like, that's not even a face a mother could look. No, exactly <laughs> not, no. Yeah, you're right. It's ironic because it was the art style it was the art style that was one of the factors in making me watch the show. What the hell, Joe? I actually I actually really it was very different compared to what I've seen before. Like I just like it looked so weird, it looked so like insane. Like I'm like and like the the, the emotional expressions, like when they're crying, like when they're upset, oh my god. Like the, the the style really bring those out. Like especially the crying, they looked like crying sacks when, when like they got upset. I, I like those kind of graphics that were on the scene. They, they were yeah, I like those. Like, I, I, it, it added another level to the anime. Like it, it kind of took out of the whole depressing nature. Like there were some jokes, etc. And it, it it took you out for a second and it was like okay i know there's there's all this depressing stuff going on but here have a gag i i enjoyed that because i think if that wasn't there the anime would have gotten depressing to a point where it's like i don't want to continue watching for example and there have been shows like that before eh, i i guess i understand that but i don't know but um what i i didn't i did hate Hiodo's design i just i was disgusted not because of his design but more because like he his the way he acted and the way he uh, yeah the way he acted towards kaiji just felt like he was the devil incarnate you know what i mean like it's like you knew like looking at him you knew that this guy was like somebody you shouldn't mess with in any way whatsoever yeah, apparently kaiji didn't realize that after you know being in the same room with him for like a good uh what two hours but in the end he was naive like that's what made him lose his fingers one thing that i do want to kind of uh, go on is do you think it would have been interesting more interesting if kaiji decided to to go for his eye as opposed for the year it would it actually would have been interesting because mm. if he wanted if he was going to go through the same process the the same plan they did with his ear then like removing his eye would have just been i don't know if it would have worked actually because the whole point was to cut off the ear so the the piece comes off right yeah well I mean, if you had to remove his eye you probably would have died <laughs> yeah yeah probably yeah you know while we're on characters you know we talked about the director we talked about kaiji but i cannot in good conscience at this conversation end without mentioning tonegawa 
right? Because I got excited for a bit when you're talking about him. Uh, so I know he's a villain, but I, I like him a lot more as a villain than the director, honestly. I director agree. I did not like too, too much. The director is very one-dimensional, where it's like, yes, I'm evil, I like people suffering, you know, hardy, hardy, hard. He's basically Dr. Evil from um, yeah, exactly. Austin Powers, right? The the Whereas stereotype. Tonagawa, yeah, he's he's an asshole, but, you know, there's, a, there, there's at least a reason behind it, right? You know, we're... One scene that stands out to me, uh, you know, in the human tumble, right, where he's he's watching all of them trying to cross, and he's he's commenting on on how how they're like trash, right? And he's like, yeah, you'll you'll never get to anywhere near to where the observers are, you know, the rich billionaires who are funding all of this and who are placing bets, right? And he's ha having a bit of a social slash philosophical commentary, right? So that that makes him a bit more human as a villain than the director, but also um, I think when I gained the most respect for Tonegawa as a character was when he loses the e-card game, actually, you know? And he's forced to bow down to, to kowtow on the hot plate. I'm surprised that didn't kill him. I'm very surprised it yeah, didn't kill him. Yeah, I was like, mad fucking prop. Didn't he subtly agree to Indians? Like, he was like, you know what, I, like, I'm gonna do it. Like, I'm gonna, I, like, I'm gonna do this and take it like a man. Yeah, exactly. So he took responsibility for it so he's still an asshole right he's not someone you want to hang out with but he's respectable yeah he's respectable and at least he's not a typical one-dimensional villain like the director is or at least as we know him at this point right it, it was interesting especially the fact that he decided to go through it because then it shows he has some sort of level of of respect as you mentioned and kind of morals yeah, exactly. Like, it's it's very respectable. But I was just very confused as to how that didn't really fuck him up. He's just a badass. <laughs> even even his, I, if I'm not mistaken, his... He's just a fucking badass. You know, that's another thing. His clothes... I don't think his clothes got charred. Yo, because, you know, you get what you pay for, right? And he, he's a classy motherfucker. So, you know, he you think he goes with that cheap shit? No, no, man, no, he's no, no. He, he's, he doesn't shop at Walmart. Classy shit. Yeah, exactly. That obviously that is a loophole on that one. I just have to say, I did, I really liked. I, like, I do agree with Kevin. I like Tony Gal was great. I personally, I liked Yoda a lot too. Like, I, like you guys don't seem to have like very favorable impressions of Yoda, but yeah, I, I liked his mysteriousness. I'm like, where did he come from? Like, what was his past like? Like yeah. the fact that he was able to to win a game so easily that was like rigged to begin with. It to me, he's basically Doctor Evil from Austin Powers. I, yeah, I'm gonna say it again. He's I, just a big. I asked trope. the same questions, Joe. I was, I, I did at some point wonder because he did appear in the first arc on Espoir, right? So I was like, huh, who's this dude, right? What's his past like? But towards the end, you realize that there is no fucking backstory to him. He's, he's, his backstory is that hardy, hardy, har. Um, I just like seeing people being in death, like life or death situations because it gives me like the... It gives me thrills. It's thrilling, right? The, so, the funny part is that he asked, he also gave Kaiji the opportunity to win. Yeah. Like that was something that was like very... It was very humorous to me, but at the same time, it's like also sad because Kaiji like missed the opportunity, and then and then Hyoto won like just won immediately. Well, obviously, he's doing that as a tease, right? Because as as you mentioned, he does take a thrill from the, these kind of sadistic kind of situations. So yeah, he's very sadistic. Like that's a good way to put it. I mean, I'm not saying he's the worst villain ever written. I'm just saying he's meh. And you know, Tonegawa, he's a secondary villain, but I don't know. I, I find that he is a stronger is villain, much more satisfying. Yeah. Uh, as a character than as uh, the director. I completely agree with you. 
I want to mention one of the side characters, and it's the guy with the blonde hair. His name is Sahara, which is an odd name. Yeah, Sahara. Yeah. What do you guys think about him? Because I'm kind of torn between him. Because at the beginning, I was like, yeah, fuck yeah, Sahara, yeah, man. And then he's like the he's like Kaiji's like he's like the bro that Kaiji never had. He's the, he's the Yosuke effect. I need you guys to explain that to me, though. Why are you torn exactly, Bish? Why did your opinion change? At the beginning, I really liked him. And then, you know, because I was like, this guy has some sort of drive. He's really motivated. And then towards the end, you saw when he was dying, right? He, he was like, he's being a pussy, right? He's being like, oh, man, I can't handle it. It was getting to him. It was getting to him, even though... It also made the situation very realistic. It did, but I mean, like, I didn't... It's not like I didn't want him to die, but I mean... I don't know if you can mean, really reproach someone for that, though, considering the situation he was in, Bish. Honestly, I can't say I understand. It was it kind of fucked point. me up. Do you know why? Because it was like the guy is is effectively creating a persona for himself. That isn't true. At least um what's his name? Ikeda or um I forgot his name. Ishida. At least Ishida like he, we know he was a coward, right? Like it's it's stated from the beginning, from the get go. You know Ishida's this coward. You know he backs away from these sort of situations. But with Sahara, I thought he was gonna be more like. Sidekick, yeah. I think I'll be quite frank here, Bish. I think it's more so your fault than the show's because honestly, we can say the same thing about Kaiji. You know, oh yeah, Kaiji's, you know, he's really brave and he's a badass and all that, but even Kaiji has his moments where he's like, you know, scared shitless. And well, Sahara, you know, yeah, he's very brave and stuff. Um, and he, he is until the very end. And I'll tell you why that changes at the end because let's be real. Any other contestant, including Kaiji, if they were in that position, they would have reacted the same way because he thought that, you know, he fucking made it, right? He beat it, the game, he made it, and then he, he slowly realized, you know, the reality hit him that it was rigged and he was going to fucking die. So can you really blame him for, you know, for, for changing personalities in that instant? No, you can't, because you'd have to blame Kaiji too. Kaiji has those moments as well I, I understand that but for me it was disappointing the fact that he died in general is disappointing do you see what i mean i wanted him to be there like towards the end and to see how he would have dealt obviously if he didn't have died then we wouldn't have the e-card situation and we wouldn't have the the final gamble right so he was a yosuke to turn into a jerry <laughs> <I'm s> <laughs> um but it, it was like you know, I, I like that bro kind of character. I really enjoy that. Especially, I, I kind of felt that Kaiji needed this sidekick. And Sahara was a perfect sidekick, but he had to die. R.I.P. Dicks out for Sahara, you know? I can see why, but honestly, Bish, it just seems to me that you're just salty that the character that you liked didn't make it. I am salty. I, I'll I, be I honest with you. I get that. I'm laying down the truth, Joe. Jeez. Like, what, you want to fucking talk about Kaiji and talk about, you know, how how the world's pretty and fill the flowers? No. No. Like, do, you, do you want? You gotta, do you want a goji pony? You gotta be savage, right? It's a savage topic. Whoa, Jake Paul! You gotta be savage. <laughs> no, but I'm, I'm serious though. Like realistically though, yes, I will admit to that. I'm a bit salty about it, but I understand why they did it because without that, without his death, ultimately the show wouldn't continue. Exactly. Yeah. Like I understand that. Yes, I was kind of disappointed as well. And there are plenty of situations in shows where you know you're really rooting for a character or you know you're really rooting for a ship but it just it just doesn't happen and it just dies in front of you right well it sucks but it's just that's part of the it's part of the story it's part of the show right it's what it is not everything goes the way you want it or else it'd be so boring right why do you even bother watching you know right right but uh, i think that we we talked a lot about the characters that we, that we really liked 
Yeah, we, we talked... We did talk a lot about characters, didn't we? Like, it's... I mean, I'm glad you guys, like, have such... Like, have, like, such deep thoughts on these different characters. I like how you've been analyzing them. So you talk could, I, could I close on two characters, though? Really quickly. Um, so, we... Like, like you said, Joe, uh, just now, there are a lot of characters that, you know... That, that really are divisive, right? You're either for or against them, right? Like the director and such. But I, one thing that I have to hold against the show is some side characters were just so bland that it's un, it's unbelievable. Like again, what side characters are you referring to? Andul and Furuhata. Like I swear, ninety percent of their lines is literally just. Kaiji-san. That's, that's, Kaiji that's all they fucking say. It's like, no, but I, I literally have it written down in my notes here. Like, Senpai and Urusumi. Yeah. Have you guys watched Bleach? You guys know about Bleach, right? You, you know Orihime and how she's like, Chiko-san, right? And that's her thing. That's that, that's what people make fun of her for. Well, this is the same fucking situation because that's all they say. Like, Kaiji will, will get riled up and he'll, he'll go on this stupid cliche, like friendship speech and how we gotta stick together if you want to survive this and stuff right and they they start they literally start crying and they're like kaiji-san and i'm like i'm just there and i'm face palming because it's so stupid and i'm like these characters are so dumb they're they're not really adding anything to the story but isn't that a good thing in a way because the people it, it kind of puts it into perspective that the people that are gambling are dumb people do you see what i mean like they that's how they got that's how they got into this mess to begin with right because they're dumb not all of them yes there 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 are idiots but then again there are like um the people like kaiji right and the intonagawa right who are there just to fucking make other people miserable and to to get profit make profit off of this Right? But so, the majority are, are, are dumb people, and they're ta they're taking advantage of them. That's why this whole thing exists, right? Because they I I, I understand, but like they could have made made them interesting dumb characters in the least, right? Like I think that you know Andu's and Furuhata's betrayal would have been so much more impactful if they were more fleshed out as characters, right? Because when let me tell you, when they betrayed Kaiji on on Espora, I was like. I fucking told you so, Kaiji, you fucking idiot. Like, you should have expected this, right? Instead of feeling like, you know, oh my god, Ando Furuhata, I'm so disappointed that they decided to, to backstab Kaiji, right? Uh, instead of being, like, disappointed or really passionate about it, it's more like, eh, I knew it was gonna happen, right? So I, I think that had these side characters been more fleshed out, like, moments like these would have been more impactful. Right, they've been more meaningful. Oh, th those are just my two cents. I don't know what you guys think of these side characters. You're saying it wasn't like as impactful because you didn't know enough about the side yeah, characters. It, it was just they seem they seem like cardboard cutouts, right? I'm just personally disappointed in in those side characters. I don't know whether you you felt that they were adequate, but I really was genuinely disappointed in them. I can I can see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Like I I mean they weren't the best characters for me. Like I wouldn't say like they really stuck out to me. But I mean, I, I kind of liked what they offered to an extent. It's just, like, it's just like like you said, they should have been fleshed out more. Like I didn't care about them that much. Like after Espoir, like after that, I kind of just forgot about them. So yeah. Um, anything else you guys look like to add? That's it, really. We 
we've covered the entire cast practically. <laughs> yeah. Noteworthy anyway. Especially the director. Uh, no, the director isn't noteworthy. It's just his stupid note, like his Super Mario his, nose. His nose, like his Super Mario. Yeah, it's a Super Mario nose, but at the same time, it's like, like he ha he looks like he has STDs on his nose. No, but like what genres do? I'm not fucking kidding, guys. Like his nose, it's like a fucking. There you go. It's a squash. It's like someone glued a squash. You know, like the like the the plant to his face, right? And if you if you look, you don't even have to look closely. Actually, it's just it's so disturbing on close up shots of his face, right? Because you can see that that squash like nose. But what's even more disgusting is that there are like these these Mike and Ike shaped like purple fucking spots on his nose. He, he like, has herpes on his nose. That's what it is. It's the herpes. Oh like, my god! Did you, did you fucking have eggplants on your nose? Like what the hell happened, right? I hope there's art of that that exists. Oh no, come on. I mean, there's already art of like <laughs> a freaking kaiji wiping somebody's eyes with the tip of his nose. Stop, you gotta stop. You think I'm kidding, like that exists, no, it's the funniest don't, thing. Do not link it in the chat. <laughs> I, the one thing that I really want to get into is the audio. Personally for me, the opening and ending, I really enjoyed them, particularly the opening not so much the ending and i'll say why the the opening reminded me of this kind of kind of grungy british rock band like you know you know like the arctic monkeys or something like that it seemed like a, a band that would be playing in in a pub in camden somewhere it felt very british like wah, 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 wah. it kind of it reminded me of that so it was it was very compelling to me i i enjoyed for that. those of you interested in th for those of you interested in the in the song the the song is called mirai wa bokura no te no naka <laughs> which is based on the blue heart song of the same name by uh by according to this kaiji with redborn cherries if, if i'm not mistaken and that's an actual song that's just been reused for this animation or was it created for the animation and to be honest i didn't look i didn't actually look too deep into that that's, that's actually a very good question but i like, i do know it's based off of like another song and did you like you like the ending too right I, I like the ending, but it wasn't as compelling as the, the opening. The opening was more... I, I felt at home. Like, it riled you up. Yeah, it riled me up, and I felt at home, mainly because it's 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 some stuff I've heard before. It's, it's, it's very British in, in an odd way. I gotta say that, like, I'm in the exact opposite situation as Bish, because uh, for me, honestly, I, I guess just because it's the first time that you... you it's the first thing you see in the first episode, right, is the opening, and you, you see Kaiji's face and stuff, and just the art style stands out a lot in the opening, but for some reason, um, I just did not warm up to the art style and just the, the OP in general until very late into the season. Um, it's just the music, I mean, it got you pumped, but just something about the ending, just, you know, when he screams at the end, I just didn't like that for some reason. Yeah, it was filled with energy, but I just, I just rubbed me the wrong way. Whereas the ending, I gotta say, it was, I don't know, just, the, the dude's voice was nice. The ending was nice. It was, it was very nice soothing, wasn't it? It just kind of yeah. calmed you down. Yeah, exactly. It calms you down, you know, because it usually ends on a very tense note. Uh, and the ending calms you down. The, not saying the opening is bad. It, it's just not great. It's not bad. You know, it's kind of meh. I know, uh, well, I, I really liked, I really did like the, um, the first and second, like, the opening and the ending themes. Like, the ending theme, I will say I liked more than the opening theme, though, as, like, as much as the opening theme riled me up as, as it did for Bish. Like, overall, they were, like, they were just both really good in their own right. One thing that, for me, personally, in terms of the other OSTs and things like that, it didn't stand out. 
like I can't remember a particular theme within within the soundtrack of the anime that was like, oh wow, this is amazing. We'll listen to it on repeat. It was generic to me personally. Fair enough. Uh, it did build suspense at points, but I mean, it wasn't it wasn't something like, oh hell yeah, I'm going to listen to this. I am disappointed that nobody has mentioned the most iconic sound throughout this entire entire like anime. And what would that be? When they were like Sawa, Sawa. Oh yeah, okay. I did not like that sound, honestly. Screw you too, Kevin. It it was okay, but it it felt it made me feel awkward. It made me feel like people were watching me as I heard that sound. It's a bit creepy. I mean, I really I I didn't think of it as I didn't think of it as creepy. I just like I it fit. It was very fitting. Like it was actually quite the opposite for me. It was very fitting for for a lot for a lot of like the tense scenes when it was like I don't know I don't remember what my friend told me about like Sawa's meaning. I don't remember if it even has a meaning to begin with, but. I know like it was used to create a sense of suspense now imagine this imagine you're taking an mlg piss right and you hear that sound would you not be freaked out well i'm taking a piss and i hear a random sound of and, course and i'm gonna be like, freaked so, out so, so, so. and that someone whispering that in your ear that would fuck yeah, you up it, it's just a weird sound in general I mean, i'd be more like scared of the fact that there's somebody in my bathroom like whispering that to me while i'm peeing what if you can't hear what if you can't see them but you're hearing that sound that's what that's what i'm saying that's why within the anime i felt freaked out when i heard that so, so. i failed to see how this relates to what we're talking about i don't know that's that's the first thing that came into my mind when i heard so I, I just imagine I'm taking a piss and I'm hearing that sound. Well, maybe that was the intent. It's kind of like it's supposed to like make you feel like there's no hope. They did feel paranoid at those moments. It's like they didn't know what was going to happen next. And like they were worried something was going to happen out of nowhere. What, what Joe's trying to say, Bish, is that the show fucking played you like a game. And you didn't even know. Yeah. <laughs> you got played. No, oh. The Sawa sound, I didn't really take note of it. Because <laughs> the only fucking thing that I could think of every time there was the Sawa Sawa uh, sound that came up was... Um, I don't know if, if any of you remember, um, what was that game called, the frog that shot the balls out of its mouth? Was it Z- Zuma or Zumba or whatever? From PopCap Games. Maybe that's some de- some deranged game in Canada. I've never heard of that. You, no! Are you talking about no, Hungry Hungry like, Hippos? The, no, it's, okay, you know the guys who made um, Plants vs. Zombies, right? Oh, it's a video game. I thought you mean this is a board game. Okay. No, 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 no. PopCap? Oh, I know what you're talking about. Okay, yeah, now I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one that shoots balls out of his mouth? Yeah. It's a puzzle game, isn't it? It's a puzzle yeah, game. Yeah, no. with, with the Mayan sounds and shit. <laughs> like, I just... That's what I was thinking of when that music came on. I was like, what the fuck is it doing in here? But um, regardless, I, I think that we can agree that... Uh, I can agree... I think we... We can all agree that that is not representative of the soundtrack. Um, imagine uh, a quick question. Okay, imagine your hashtag get bishlaid, and as you're doing that, you're hearing that sound. Oh my god! What what no. would you do? What would you do? That would freak me. Is the this going to happen now? Like like what what if Joe was playing was like busy playing through like the bonus bows and Donald of V three, and like suddenly you hear a song, a song, a song. That would fuck me up. That. Well, what does this have to do with the conversation? I don't know, man. Bloopers. Yeah, uh, Bish. Just um, I don't know if you'll leave this in the final episode. Bloopers. But I hope you do because uh, instead of putting typical music like we usually do oh, in our normal no. episodes in the background, you should just put no. a loop of Joe saying Zuma, Zuma, Zuma. Like constantly in the background, right? No, I can't, I can't have that. Yes. That would fuck me up, man. Imagine editing that. Anyway, uh, one one other thing that I really want to talk about is What's up? the gripes and grumbles. And this is this is the meat and potatoes for me. It's not. I love the anime, and don't get me wrong, but there are a lot of things that need improvement. 
Um, and there's a lot of things that I feel didn't quite work. And one of those things for me was the structure, particularly the way the anime basically made episodes out of nothing. Like it, it got me. Uh, particularly, I'm, I'm referencing the first three or first four episodes. That those events. Are you saying like when it slows shit down to the extent where it's like it's unbearable. Exactly. And not just that, but the fact that you can make a lot of the, you can probably fit them into that. You know, there was like six episodes. I have a paragraph prepared for this. Or okay. Some notes prepared. For this. Right. Can I can I lay the smack down? Sure. I have the perfect the perfect fucking scene to to you know exemplify this. All right, and this is just such a good case of them drawing shit out needlessly. All right, because it you it, you feel that at many points in the anime, it's like where this could have been done in like five minutes, but no, they stretch it out to like twenty minutes. Needless. Yeah, like okay. So for example, one moment that stuck out to me. All right, because I watched it twice. All right. Oh, you liked it that and, much? And I, I fucking. No, no, it's just because, like, um, for those of you who don't know, we actually were supposed to record this a while back, but I had to rewatch the anime to record this. And I, I literally took fucking timestamps the second time through because I just couldn't believe how annoying it was. So at the end of episode 23, right, where, where he challenges the director to his new game, right? And the director's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to impose three conditions, right? And the third condition is that you wager... Um, your 20 million and your four fingers, right? So that's how it ends, right? So it's, yay, it's all tense and stuff. You're hyped up for the next episode. You go into the next episode, episode 24. You get through the OP. You're like, all right, let's get this shit started. I'm pumped. And then for five fucking minutes, okay, for five minutes, they recap the last, the end of the last episode. So they, they basically re-explained that, oh yeah, Kaiji's in a life or death situation because now he has to wager. Sorry, what episode was this his again? His four fingers, 23 and 24. So my, my point is the first five minutes of 24 is just recapping the end of episode 23, but even slower and in more detail. It's interesting because that actually, in, in term, I'm looking at the release dates. I thought potentially, when, when especially when I watched it, I thought, okay, Maybe there was some sort of hiatus for a couple of months before they released the last three episodes. But there was a week. There was there was a week. It was just one week. So so it was like March 18th and then March 25th. So literally, it was a week. It feels like filler, right? But it, it goes on, okay? It goes on. Because after they're done recapping and they start the new content, okay? What they do is instead of, you know, logically just starting the fucking game and getting one of them to put their fucking hand in the box and draw out a goddamn lot... What happens after the recap is that the director has a conversation about oh, about oh yeah Kaiji even if you win this hundred million dollars you're still gonna squander it anyways because you're gonna be like me you're going to be well I mean that's a plot that isn't part of the recap I know it's part of the plot but it's so it's so meaningless to me right because oh yeah you'll just you'll be exactly like me the villain right which is it doesn't it doesn't necessarily cliche. add to the story right yeah it's more Doctor and, Evil moments which yeah so they do that and then. <laughs> There's, was it, Kaiji starts fucking praying, right? And all of the eliminated players who weren't in the room before come to join him, right? And then there's, like, the animation with a Grim Reaper and, you know, Kaiji picturing himself losing his fingers. And it's stuff that, like, we've already seen or that feels needless, right? Or, or stuff director, we were going to see as well. Exactly. You know. And then the director finally puts his hand in the box to start the game. And they spend two whole minutes on Kaiji being like, Oh, please don't draw the, please don't draw the winning lot. Please don't draw the, and they, they go on like that for two fucking minutes. You know, I'll be honest right? with you, Kevin. When I initially watched this, I actually skipped those episodes <laughs> because I was like, fuck man, how long is this going to take? What? Y like, yeah, I skipped, what? I skipped parts of those episodes. Not the whole episodes, right? But 
You're a piece of shit. But uh, on my second, because I watched this a second time as well, on my second time, I did watch it in its entirety. And I do agree with you, Kevin. It's it's painful to watch. I, I, I understand. Like, I'll, I'll be clear right now, okay? I understand that, yes, it's imp- you can't just jump into things blindly. You need time to develop characters, right? To develop the mind games that this entire show is built off of. But it there's a fucking limit right where it's okay you're going slowly to add tension but then after a while if you go if you take that too far you lose my interest because i'm not you know like fucking panicking anymore i'm getting frustrated at how fucking slow this shit is and how needless so much of this mm. so much of the the episode feels i i completely right? agree and i i would want to extend that to the first couple of episodes as well in in regards to the whole um game the card game the rock paper scissors game a, a lot of that episode i believe how many episodes did they spend on that was it like um like nine episodes like ha- almost half the anime was spent on on one type of gamble and it was like fuck that, that was the weakest part of the anime it was it was the weakest part and and for me it was like dude you could have done this in four episodes at best and it's i'll play the devil's advocate here yeah all right i don't think the problem is the length of that arc my problem my problem with the arc is the way that it was handled because if throughout those entire nine arcs i had a sense as a viewer I had a sense that the plot was actually advancing. I would have been no. That's what I'm saying. It, 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 okay. It's advancing so slowly, and they they dragged it out over these this many episodes. They could have done the same effect effectively within four episodes. That's what I'm trying to say, or at least add something to it and make sure that the plot is advancing to a significant point within those ten episodes, which they didn't do. That's that's the point I'm trying to raise here. I can see that, right? But but that that's a problem. I think, in my opinion. Um, that applies to the entire show, not just the first arc. What what makes the first arc stand out to me is that, yes, okay, it's going slow, but it's not as slow as, as the e-card game, for example, or as the tissue box game. The problem with that is that um, it's not so much the pace, because I, I can watch slow anime, right? I, I've watched Ergo Proxy, right? Where there, there are literally entire episodes in Ergo Proxy where the story does not move a fucking inch, but there's... To compensate for that, there's character development, there's a world development, right? Or, for example, Blast of Tempest, which you've watched, remember? There's those three episodes where they're literally standing at the fucking beach, right? And Hakaze is dead in the past on an island, right? And there's this Wait, confrontation, right? <laughs> mm. So there's just three episodes in the same exact setting, but the way that they made, you know, that they structured the conflict, there was a sense of progression that, you know, they're slowly inching their way towards success. Whereas, well, I mean, I was the reason I was silent this whole time. I was like thinking about it. Like you guys made some very good points that I'd never really thought about until now. But like that's, but at the same time, I also kind of get what you're saying because like that's that's why I didn't mention much of restricted rock paper scissors. It's like although I liked like the idea of it and like as much as I liked each match, I will admit that it dragged for a very long time. Yeah, and. But what's more frustrating than the length of it is just that, you know, for the first nine episodes in that arc, it's like Kaiji and company, right? They, they come up with this brilliant idea to win the game, right? And then two episodes later, 
It's like, oh, lol, get fucked, kid. That strategy got destroyed by someone else, right? So it's like they, they, they come up with an idea and then it gets destroyed two episodes later and they come up with a new idea and that gets destroyed. So there's no sense of progression because they're back at square one over and over like four times in that arc. So it's so it's it's frustrating to watch. You know? I, I saw that as more of like this show trying to tell us something. It's like they, it basically no matter what they did, they would always be at square one and like whatever tactic they like in like a game like restricting rock, paper, scissors, like ta tactics like those won't exactly work. You, know, you, see, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I can see where you're coming from. It's like the sort of symbolism. Like there's a lot of symbolism within Kaiji. Yeah, perhaps you're right. Maybe that was needed to, to send a message. I don't know. I don't think it is. In a way, that the fact that they're sending a message, because there's so many other opportunities to send a message. Why would they do it in such a way like this and actually waste resources? I mean, I'm not excusing it because of its symbolism. I'm just saying, like, there's. It's like, although it maybe could have been shorter, maybe, like, instead of 10 episodes, it could have maybe been, been like. <laughs> definitely could have been. <laughs> Maybe like six or seven. Actually, maybe six is a little stretchy. Maybe like seven. Um, like they could have portrayed like what they wanted to portray within that time frame. I'm I'm interested to know, Kevin, particularly with you. Do you have any other grumbles? Because that was the main one that I had in regards to uh, yeah, that. No, my main uh, grumbles were just like as you said, the slow pace, but also the um just the slick the cyclical structure and the lack of like the lack of a sense of progression in the first arc. And lastly, I guess just. It's a more it's a more minor gripe. Um, like I said, some of the side characters were were kind of flat, but um, definitely the the two main gripes were related to the story. Really, I, I feel that with this show, the story, you know, and the whole premise of mind games and of gambling and of the danger, it's its greatest asset. But at the same time, it's a double-edged sword because there are moments when it's not when when Kaiji does not have you at the edge of your seat, you're like fucking falling asleep because things are just going at a snail's pace do you do you think that it would have been beneficial to cut the season down and condense it have all of these events take place in a shorter season potentially maybe instead of 26 maybe 20 episodes maybe 18 episodes 18 is stretching it i think like the like from your suggestions i'd say 20 yeah i, I think somewhere around the 20 mark would be good because again length isn't so much as a problem it, it's a lot of my gr gripes are directed at the first arc because the second arc if you think about it um the first arc ended at what episode 11 12 right and it went on to like episode 20 something right right before the start of the the paper tissue game so that arc was like roughly the same length but in that i case, thought it was a little more than 12 if, yeah wait we're talking about first arc or second arc the second arc with with the with the beam game yeah so okay so second arc is just as, if not longer than the first arc, except you actually feel engaged and motivated to continue because there is a sense of progression. You didn't get to the third arc in in, in 12 episodes. You got to it a little, I thought it was like 15, 16. No, no, because remember, he, he gets betrayed and stuff around the, the halfway mark, and then he, he goes again with his hara to, this, to the uh, human tumble around the episode 12, 13, right? And then finally, the last three episodes are basically the paper... They start E-Card around episode 16. 16, and then, like, yeah, episode 16. Uh, well, I mean, it, it's introduced in episode 16. Then episode 17 is when it really starts. Mm, okay. Yes. Never mind, then. Maybe I was mistaken. I just... I in my my head, it was always it always seemed that the the human tumble was just as long as the espoir. Well, I mean, yeah, though I mean, human tumble is a little smaller. Like espoir, because espoir was like setting the stage. The the human tumble deserved more. more uh, time. I feel like it would have suffered more. 
I feel like we'll suffer with more time. Like, we'll suffer from the same issues that you guys just described. I would say that the human tumble was, was good as is with its current, with, with its actual length. I find that, honestly, if anything, right, if I hadn't watched this show for Kunai, I, and I probably would have dropped it during the first arc because the first arc was so unbearable. I'm I'm glad I didn't because the second and third arcs are, are enjoyable, but the first arc. I didn't expect is just, to hear you say that. No, but it's true. Like if you compare, if you look at, you know, the first season, right, and its highlights and its best moments. In my opinion, you find those at the end. The the first arc, I can't. It's, it's okay at best and frustrating at the worst. Uh, that that leads me on to another point. Do we want to see a second season? And I want to hear from Joe first. I really do. Wait, watch. Well, I don't know how to answer this. Wait, do I want to see a second season? Initially, when you watched it, because I know you've seen second season. If the question is, did, did I want to see season two as soon as season one? Let's do it finish season one. Then the answer is obviously yes, because I, I absolutely loved Kaiji. Um, but granted, I couldn't see it. I couldn't see season two straight away because I was busy with schoolwork. Hmm, but, okay. but the motivation was there. Yes, the motivation was there. So like as soon as I had the free time, I watched I watched the show immediately. And after watching it, I'm not going to say much because this is obviously season 1 discussion, but if if season 1 made you panic, then season 2 will make you sweat. And I say this in the sense that like you if if Kaiji season 1 made you made you go on the edge of your seat, then Kaiji season two will make you like fall face down. <laughs> All right. Um, for me personally, and also I'm sorry, Bish. Oh. And the opening is made from one of my favorite bands, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Personally, for me, would I want to see a second season? Initially, when I watched it, um, I would have said yes. Oh wow! Did I would did it really change that much? I really yes. I, yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. you. And I remember you going up to us and being like, guys, Kaiji is like the shit. I remember you yeah. being really hyped. I was it. seriously hyped. And then um, on, on the rewatch, I, I I don't know. There was a lot a lot more time to think about it. And usually on, on Kunai, we don't watch the anime more than once. But obviously because of this time, you know, etc. We were supposed to record it before before Kevin left. But... Obviously, we had this time to think about it. Um, your thoughts tend to settle, and you're like, "Shit, man, I don't want to watch a second mm -hmm. season of Kaiji because of the first season's ending. I don't want to know what happens to Kaiji in the second season." But wh why? Why do you not want to find out? I that, I felt disappointed by that's this is personal, right? I, I felt disappointed by the ending, and I was like, "Okay, he should have made these decisions, and instead, you know." I feel that it's going to be more of the same. It's going to be more of the same. So you, you, you feel that he'll make the same mistakes again? He will. That's what. That's it's. It's definite. It's for definite. He's probably going to lose. So his you're. Dick, like, wait, so are you assuming? <laughs> are, are you assuming it's going to be more of the same? And I, that's why you don't want to watch I'm it. I'm assuming it's going to be more of the same. I haven't seen second season, but looking at how. Well, would I recommend and, looking at a synopsis? No, I haven't. I haven't seen a synopsis. <laughs> I, mean, I haven't I don't seen know anything. What else to say. I'm, I'm presuming it's going to be more of the same. I mean, my lips are sealed. I, I can't really say anything. So, be because of that, I don't. I'm not excited to see a second season. Initially, I was because obviously the hype, and I was like, "Fuck yeah, man!" It was such a great ending. But then, um, when you see it again a second time, it's like, damn, it's not as good as I, I initially thought. 
it's a good anime, and no doubt it's a good good anime. And it's just the second season doesn't seem appealing because looking at the first and the problems with the first, usually a second seasons of anime either well, improve. I mean, if the problem is with the protagonist himself, then that that is quite a problem indeed. Well, let me put it like this. I, I of course I'm not going to spoil it because like that's not something I want to do to you for season two. But let's just say that season two doesn't start out the way you expect it to. I'm the, I'm the, that's all I'm gonna say. Okay. Um, Kevin, what about you? Um, I, you know, for as long as I can remember, I've always been either like yes or no when it comes to what I watch second season. Here, I, I will be completely honest. All right, I did enjoy Kaiji, but it has its ups and downs. Um, I, I would say that i'm open to watching the second season would i actively like put it on my to watch list right now and you know try to find some time during my break or whatever to to watch it i don't think so but you know if you know a, a friend was like hey kevin you want to watch uh kaiju season two together or uh, i know if i had extra time and i i was bored would i watch season two yeah sure why not but um you just there there's some some issues with the first season like just the the pacing right and the the way the story is structured there's just those glaring issues that kind of make me have doubts with the second season all right so it's a maybe for me honestly although i'll have to say that i'm neutral on kaiji season two but one impact that it did have on me is that you know, it sparked a bit of an interest in me uh, when it comes to gambling anime, because I don't, I don't know if you guys uh, have heard about say, um, Kakiguri, right? It's a it's a new. Oh, anime. I've it's heard about that, but I... yeah, it's also about gambling, right? So I was like, huh, because I've I've been hearing t people talk about that, right? And the reason why I even bothered to look at it in the first place is because I watched Kaiji, right? So even though Kakiguri, K A K E G U R U I, I I'm neutral on a season two i know that one exists so it's kind of pointless to say you know ask whether you want a second season to be produced or not but um i i might watch it i'm just not going to watch it in the near future i don't i mean i i'm just happening here's the thing guys like i'm like i'm seeing like to everyone listening to this i i'm just listening to bish and kevin talk about this and i'm just here laughing are you laughing at my opinions I, i'm being That's condescending no, it's no, I, I respect your opinions. I'm just, I'm just being condescending. It's like they, I'm like they don't know what's coming to them. Well, that's foreshadowing, Joe. So let's not do that. Um, yeah, would we recommend it to a friend? I don't know. I this, this is something. I, I would say if you're interested in in the kind of gambling genre, or if you're interested in the whole death game genre, like you know, Danganronpa, um, you know, Persona stuff like that. And Danganronpa. And Danganronpa. Let's not forget Danganronpa. If, if you're a fan yeah, of those not, kind How of... could you forget Danganronpa? Oh, yeah. Well, let's not forget Danganronpa. Uh, let's not forget uh, Zero Escape as well. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, if you're a fan of those kind of games and that kind of anime and stuff like that and those genres, you would enjoy Kaiji. Uh, that's my opinion. But if not, then I wouldn't recommend this to someone, especially someone who's new to anime. This isn't the thing that I would go for. At all, personally, this isn't the thing I would usually go for anyway. I sort of agree with you, Bish, in the sense that I wouldn't recommend this to anyone new. Um, but I don't know whether I'd say that because you like. Okay, I can't speak for Duncan One because I haven't finished playing it. 
But for like, as a Zeroscape fan, right, with a similar-ish premise with, you know, life or death situation and it all being a game and stuff, uh, I don't know whether I'd say that because you are a fan of Zeroscape or similar games, you'd necessarily be a fan of Kaiju simply because, yeah, the premise is the same, but the way the story is handled, okay, again, I'm going back to that gripe, the way the story is handled is, is different. I mean, I don't think we should be, like, comparing it to, like, to any other forms of, like, anime or games. Like, I think it's more like if you're into, like, psychological thrillers, if you're into, like, mind games, gambling, gambling themes, stuff like that, you would appreciate Kaiji. Definitely. It's it's very difficult, though, because there isn't that many gambling anime, right? So that's why I didn't say that specifically. Right. It's just, like, if you... It's also, like... It's a nice, huh, how do I say? It? It's a nice entryway into gambling, into a gambling anime. <laughs> gamble responsibly. That's not something you usually uh, want to say. But yes, no disclaimer. Gamble responsibly. The moral of the story is never bet four fingers and twenty million dollars for some stupid shit that you know when you, well, you can just walk away with a twenty million dollars. Uh, that's well, the that's moral. that's how it is, man. That's 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 uh, Kaiji, my man Kaiji. Um, jeez, um, yeah. I just want to wrap this up. I think that was a great episode, guys. But the next episode of Kunai, it is. The next episode of Kunai is my suggestion. And it is Sakin Imoto no Yosuga Choto Okashi da Gai. Uh, which basically it's uh, recently my sister is feeling unusual. It's an anime which is... <laughs> the reason I suggested it is because it's a gateway to Oremo because I'm interested in doing Oremo but I want you guys to be prepared for Oremo so this has similar themes to Oremo so I I yeah it's slightly different slightly different to Oremo but this is like the taster the start the aperitif well, I mean um, I'm optimistic about it we'll see how this goes yeah so it's um it's also available on Crunchyroll so you guys can go and join with us and go and sign up for your 14 day premium plus I believe it's a premium plus free trial of Crunchyroll 1080p ads the ad free sorry 1080p ad free um you get special offers on the Crunchyroll store etc and you can go and check us out on iTunes Leave us a review and you could be in the chance of winning a three-month Crunchyroll Premium code. That's that's pretty badass. I'll be honest with you. Um, it's also big thanks to our other sponsors of this episode, which is Loot Crate. Remember, you can save 10% when you sign up for Loot Crate using our link, lootcrate.com forward slash kunai and using the code kunai at checkout so it really does help us out a lot um so yeah i think before we end i think uh we should say where we are what what twitters and stuff uh kevin all right so uh where i am i'm in canada right now <laughs> if you didn't know that that's a new addition to the to the ending but well, you're in montreal you now so you're in a different part of canada let's, let's not in a different that. part of canada exactly um, but if you want to uh, contact me on Twitter, all right, tell me how shit my opinions are or waifus are. Uh, I can be reached at Tolvre, T O L V R A I E. So no longer the old uh, username it is at Tolvre now. All right. Well, I, I live in New Jersey, so you can guys already tell what my life's like right now. Um, I my if you want to just if you want to gush with me about Donald Rumpa, 
and more Don Ropa and and most likely Ace Attorney, you could you can message me or mention me at Kibo Gamer spelled K I B O U G A M E R and maybe for one for once in my entire lifetime I'll actually pick up Twitter. <laughs> I mean I'm being completely honest. Like I I see. Don't worry guys. Even though it may not be as active as I used to, I still see your love. Joe still sees the love. Um, and for me, obviously, kind of like Kevin, I have changed my Twitter account before. It was at Get Life Podcast. We've used that now for the just the original Get Life Podcast, so you guys can interact with us more there. I got my own personal Twitter account, which is at Bish Loves Mish. It's that simple. One word. Yeah, you can go and check me out there. You can, you can talk shit about my. My wife is, don't don't talk shit about Nico though, because that's gonna hurt me a lot. Don't talk shit about Nico; it's gonna hurt me a lot, man. It's gonna make me really upset. Um, also, you can go and contact us if you'd like on our website, which is www.getourlifepodcast.com forward slash kunai. That's our official website. You can go and check us out there. Um, yeah, I think that's the end of the episode. See you guys. Yes. Oh, and also, yeah, if you if you oh whoa 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 before thing. we leave, there's a before we whoa. leave. Um, as we mentioned, uh, you can also you can contact us on Twitter, obviously, to tell us what you thought about the episode. But another thing you can do is leave a review on iTunes or Google Play. We're always looking out for uh, what our fans think, so any feedback, honestly, would be really, really appreciated. Exactly so, because not many people realize this, but when you review a podcast on iTunes, it really does help um, not only us like in terms of feedback, but it does help in terms of rankings and things like that. So we're trying to incentivize you guys to leave a review, whether it, whether it is positive or a negative review. We take all of the comments on board and we try and improve. improve the it also helps us so that we don't mention the reviews at the very end of the podcast when we're about to sign off. Well, <laughs> well we mentioned it at the beginning as well. So Yeah, I guess. So- I mean, also in the... One last thing. If you really want to hurt Bish's feelings, just trash Ch- Chiaki and Nanami. No, don't do that. Don't do that. Please. Don't do that, Joe. Anyway. Anyway. Talk to you guys later. See you guys. Bye-bye. All right. See you next time, guys.